Pushed into the net by Kylian Mbappe. Depay! And he stretched it! Cornet finds Dembele. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still! Oh my word, what a goal! Golovin! Lovely finish! Must be the opening goal. Benedetto! And Bagnon! Fantastic! Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta! Benyera, beautifully done, sensational. Hello and welcome along to Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast in association with BT Sport. There are 10 rounds of matches left in France and we are facing one of the most exciting title races in years. Lille are two points above PSG, who lead Lyon by just one. And we're not ruling Monaco out either. So... Today we have a special pod focusing on the top of the table, who has the easiest run-in, which side is best equipped, how big a role will European football play, and which individual is going to be the star for his team and scoop the Player of the Season award, as well as the title. Now, to discuss these hot topics, I'm delighted to say we... uh, we have the dream team together this morning. We have Robbie Thompson. How are you, Robbie? Very well, Matthew. Looking forward to uh, the next hour or so. And Robbie, I'm sure, will explain why PSG are going to romp to the title and the it's Champions not, it's League. Close. It's close the way I worked it out. Very close. Very close. <laughs> David Crossan is here as well. How are you, Dave? Very good, Matt. How are you? I'm very good. You're looking very, very summery. It looks like you've got a bit of sun already, Dave. We're only in March. Yeah, it's been nice weather over the last week been freezing freezing. (laughs) no but it's been sunny it's been cold before we get into the nuts and bolts of the title race i want to say felicitations congratulations to canet en roussillon who produced the upset of the round in the coupe de france an incredible 2-1 victory over olympique de marseille for the uh, part-timers down in southwest france they're a tiny club um just outside of perpignan and guys Absolute disaster for Olympique de Marseille. It was Nasser Lage's final game um, as caretaker boss. His side were pretty much outrun and overall outplayed by Canet en Roussillon. Um, Robbie, one of the biggest upsets in, in Coupe de France history when you consider they were playing behind closed doors yeah. um, and they'd hardly played football this season because amateurs have been banned because of COVID from training and from playing football since October. It, it, it has to be a case of the Marseille players not taking it seriously enough. It has to be. Otherwise, how can they've that got happen? Nothing else remember, to pl- they've got nothing else to play for. Speaking of fantastic, huge upsets, I was in Grenoble, would it be eight years ago, when Marseille lost to 5th Division Grenoble on that was penalties under, under after Marcelo extra time. Yeah. And that was, exactly, and that was already incredible. But Grenoble had a full stadium They'd just been relegated. I think they'd just gone bankrupt. They were down and, and out. And they, they managed to beat Marseille on penalties. And that was a thrilling day. This sounds like a, it's a shame that the Canet-Roussillon supporters weren't there to, to live that moment. But well, uh, apparently, apparently some of them were in, in the stand and Marseille got upset at half time saying they were making too much noise. Well, I, this is if we can. <laughs> surely Marseille can't complain about having raucous fans and, and home support. I was... Also at the Stade Bauer this weekend for a different Coupe de France match where there was another huge upset. Red Star, who are a famous old club, five times Coupe de France winners. They won their first in 1921, 100 years ago. Now they play down in the third division. They're hoping to get promoted back up. But at halftime, their fans suddenly made themselves heard. About 30 or 40 got into where they could see the game. But in fact, they weren't inside the stadium because there's a huge apartment block at one end of the Stade Bauer. And they were on the grass of the apartment block that just happened to be behind the goal. And, uh, and they were cheering and, and they came back from a, a goal down to knock out Lance as well. well fantastic. Drama Dave, everywhere. Well, Dave, we know that Jorge Sampaoli is going to be uh, taking charge. He's, he, he's doing his um, quarantine at, at the moment. He was in his hotel room and was sort of hoping he didn't have the, the channel to, to, to watch that. It was an X-rated uh, uh, program, really, for him. Things can only get better. I actually think if you're taking over when you've gone that low, it's actually a good thing for the new coach coming in because no matter what they do against Wren in midweek, it's going to be better than what they did against Canet. Beyond that, he and Pablo Longoria, the new president, have a massive amount of work to do because 
I think there are 11 players who are out of contract in the summer. They've also got decisions to make about Mondonda and Payet, who have signed these long-term contract extensions, but aren't performing to the the high standards that they showed last season with the runners-up finish under Villas-Boas. So there's so much to do from now until the end of the season for Sampaoli. It's basically a free hit. If he can get a few wins, if he can improve the morale around the squad, then it's the summer where he's really going to start earning his Euros. So, Dave, easier for Jorge Sampaoli than for Mauricio Pochettino taking over a, a quite strong Paris Saint-Germain in January? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're not going to mention today that I predicted Marseille would win the title at the start of the season because that would, that would be or really Or Dario hard. Benedetto, top goal scorer. Dario Benedetto. I, I surely didn't say that. I, I don't know what was going on. I think the summer sun had, had got to me. Marseille are eighth. At the moment, they've got 39 points. Lille are top with 62. So Marseille are not going to win the title. We are going to focus on the top four now and to get us in the mood um, for this special podcast, this special uh, focus on the title race. It's time to bring back an old favourite. It's David Crossan's Poetry Corner. Dave has been busy this weekend. He's had his plume, his feather. We don't say that in English. He's had his pen out. Quill. His quill quill over the weekend. And this is what he has penned or or quilled. Over to you, David. This poem is called The Title Race. The French title race is the best in Europe. Nobody can be sure who will come out on top. PSG, the champions, swapped Tuchel for Poch this season, though they've been far from top-notch. Six defeats already, and yet they remain the faves, with Mbappe scoring and Navas making the saves. Lille, the leaders, are challenging in bold font. A decade on from their last, what more could they want? Galtier's men look like they're here to stay, but can they soar high up, up and away? Monaco have surprised under Nico Kovac, starting 2021, winning match after match. Champions in 2017, they had to break up the band. This season, they look to Ben Yedder and Folland. Lyon are partying like it's the noughties. They're attacking trio, finding life a breeze. The KTM coming at you with so much pace. Are they able to last the distance in the title race? Well, like Memphis, I'm dropping the beats, but who will be the champions of Ligue 1 Uber Eats? Round of applause. Congratulations, David. One, you're you're going to make poetry come straight back into fashion, Dave. It's going to be well, all, I'm the, hoping all the cool that, kids are going to be... I'm hoping our listeners will start sending in their versions. Maybe we can find a prize somewhere in the back of the cupboard. We might have some poetry competitions coming up for you. But Dave, your terrible rhyme there for, for where, I, I'm not sure what it, what it was you tried to rhyme, but it up, reminds up me... Home up, and up and away, <laughs> that we've got a Timothy Weir shirt to give away. And uh, our loyal listeners have been uh, trying very hard to answer Ian Holyman's uh, riddle. Um, and we will be giving out the answers to that later in the pod. And we will be revealing who has won Timothy Weir's shirt. But now, time to dive into it. And we're going to start our analysis. We're going to go team by team. We're going to start with Lille, who are the league leaders 62 points, absolutely phenomenal after 28 matches. It is definitely title form. I'm just going to run through their remaining fixtures, guys, and then I'm going to put it to you, Robbie, um, as to what you think of their running and what you think their chances are. So, coming up this weekend, massive game. Monaco away. Then they play at home to Nîmes. Then PSG away. So the next few weeks are huge. Then Metz away. Montpellier home. Lyon away. Nice at home. Lens away. Saint-Étienne at home, Angers away. Robbie, what do you reckon? Well, in the nuts and bolts of it, Matt, I'm, I'm very sorry for Lille fans, but as I see it, it's one, four, five points from the next four matches. And a title could just slip away from Lille in the next month, I'm afraid, for, for, for the people from the north of France, the Sties. Um, Lille are, are a fine side. They have a fantastic coach. They have plenty of attacking options but their attack is not firing enough at the moment for my liking their defense is very very strong we know that you build championships uh, on strong defenses them and Paris Saint-Germain have shown that again this season but they're just going to start misfiring up front in front of goal in the next month Jonathan David is the top scorer in 2021 in Ligue 1 Ubris. he's got seven goals uh, and that I agree they haven't been as impressive in attack in recent weeks as they had been before but Burak Yilmaz is going to come back. Um, Jose Fonts had his first niggle of the season. He did have COVID earlier in the season and they definitely need him to be fit, as we say every week. I think him and Botman need to be there right until the end. 
For me, their problem is the fixture list. They've got tough away games, and that's where I've got them dropping points. I've got them losing to Monaco because I think Monaco are going to bounce back from having lost against Strasbourg in that game. They've got to go to PSG and go to Lyon, and I've got them getting draws in both of those games. And then towards the end of the season, with Lens chasing Europe, I think they're going to lose the Northern Derby. So I've got them getting 20 points out of their last 10 games. Interesting. I, I haven't added up the points. Uh, Robbie's saying four or five points from the next four games. Is that right? Including yep, five points from the next four so they games. They've got Neem at home. So, I mean, you'd think There's they could win, win that. <laughs> I guess you're going for a draw away to Mets. That's, yeah, that's a, it's a tricky game. Yep, Look, I, exactly. I, I think... Draw Monaco, draw Mets. I think they've me. got something special this season. I think they've got uh, a collective spirit, a collective strength that ultimately champions need to have. Um, I'm not saying PSG... Leon and Monaco don't have that, but I think it's more evident in this Lille side. The way that they've been celebrating victories, they've had the luck of champions, if you like. Jonathan David's goals, I I was looking, he's got nine goals in the league. Six of them have come in the 83rd minute or beyond. He's got four 90 minutes or later and one on 89 minutes. You know, he's the guy, when it matters... And don't forget... Yeah, he had- but let's not forget that Canet Roussillon just beat Marseille as well and they didn't have to wait for the 83rd minute to beat Marseille. Like, uh, I mean, his last two goals, Jonathan David, okay, came in I the 90th going- minute from a mistake from Steve Mondonda. You're going off on a tangent. Yeah, he took advantage of a mistake in uh, another game I was commentating where a goalkeeper mm-hmm. spilt it in the last minute. But Robbie, and that's, that's good. Uh, you have to take advantage Rykovic, of those mistakes. Rykovic, Rykovic people pay. So yeah, I do think... Also, like Dave, Burak Yilmaz coming back is massive. Renato Sanchez played well in the Coupe de France this weekend, and I think him getting back to his best form is going to be really big. You make the point, they're scoring fewer goals. Only 49 goals scored for for Lille so far this season. PSG have got 62, Lyon 56, and Monaco 56. I want to bring in uh, Sven Botman, who I had the pleasure of of talking to, and he, he makes pretty much that point. You know, he says, we're not winning games easily, perhaps like PSG are, but we've got that strength. Let's hear what Sven Botman had to say about the title race. I think at the last few years, uh, it was mostly Paris Saint-Germain who was playing for the title. Uh, I think uh, I think at this season, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty uh, close to each other. Um, you see with the games, uh, some games Paris Saint-Germain win, win, win easily. Uh, we are not uh, a team who always win easy. I think we have only one game who we won 4-0. Um, but we are a team who who work hard, and that's our 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 strength. Um, and I think with that we can, yeah, possibly uh, win the title or go f- go for the title at least. And uh, we are on a good way. Yeah, I think Sven Botman is is making a good point. And clearly, if you listen to him, they, you know there is there is that belief. And I'm quite proud because all the Lille players this season have been saying, no, no, game after game, we're not thinking about the title. I got Sven Botman to say, we can possibly win the title, which is as strong a, a statement as we've had coming, and, out, coming out of Lille. And they can. And it's good that they, they believe it. But of course they believe it, even if they haven't been saying it. They've believed it from as soon as they hit top spot, even in, even when they were in the in the mix. You have to believe it, otherwise you might as well go home and, and not even try. Well, yeah, you have to believe it when you're top of the league with 10 games to go. I, yeah. think, I think you do. And uh, but No one's mentioned Benjamin Andre so far. For me... We do that every week. Yeah, okay. But he... I, I, I saw, commentated his their game um, against Marseille. And he is the heart and soul of that team. He is the one more, even more for me than Jose Font because he's everywhere. He's defending, he's attacking, he, he's asking more. He, he must be an awful teammate, I think, because he's always at you. He's always in the referee's ear, he's always at the opponent's, and he's always at his own teammates, asking more from them. He reminds me in a, in a lesser universe than of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but someone who's, who's always asking more of everyone around him and he does it himself so and he's probably hardest on himself than anyone but against Marseille he was superb and he is the one that that really makes that little team tick I know Matt's here to ask the questions but I've got one for you two Uh, just when do you start challenging for the title because we always hear league and players say we're going to wait for the sprint finale when does the sprint finale start I, I think it started now 
Yeah, it's not six games to go, is it? I feel like already for the last few weekends, there's been a kind of battle à distance, as as the French say, because we have, you know, the fixtures are spread out a bit. You know, you've had Lyon, the chance to go top on the Friday night. And then I I feel like it's already started maybe a few few weeks ago. It's It's a long sprint. It's a long sprint, but don't forget. And what this happened season, in this season in particular, Robbie, yeah. the teams are not dropping points like, exactly. like they have done in the past. So, but you that's know, what happened in 2017. Paris were right on Monaco's tail until those last four or five games, and Monaco did not slip up. They just kept going because when you have that momentum, and that's one thing that is in Lille, I can see it in Lille's favour, despite the fact they're only going to take five points from the next four games. They have that momentum, and if they can keep it in front. That's a, and we saw in 2017, it was Paris Saint-Germain that cracked. They, had, they lost to Nice. They had players sent off, Di Maria yeah. and Motta, and that was the, the, it all just cracked because the pressure of them chasing. And Monaco were able to keep winning and holding on. If Lille can win the next four or five games that's and it, stay in front, that's where it will they, be They decided. could quite easily prove both you and me wrong here, Robbie. Yeah. If, yeah. if they manage to get a result at Monaco and a result at Paris Saint-Germain, then all of my predictions go out of the window and, and Lille are going to be champions. They will get a result at Monaco. They will get a result at Monaco. We're going to move on to Paris Saint-Germain. Um, you talk about when, when does the sprint start. I think when Maurizio Pochettino said about a week ago, if we win all our matches, we're champions. That for me is kind of like launching the sprint. It's like saying, okay, no more room for error anymore. And, and it sounds good because it's like, yeah, obviously they have to play Lille so they can move above them. They have to play Lyon. Um, so yes, if they win all their matches, they're champions. Of course, the same but could be easy. said of Lille. The same could easy. be said of Lyon. Um, but it's not easy. And PSG have lost six times already this season. And also, I wanted to say, I think, you know, while I was disappointed to see Lille go out against a very good Ajax team in the Europa League, I think ultimately it's a good thing in terms of their title challenge I, I do think that because I I just think it's sapping too much energy that yes they've got a lot of positive vibes out of the Europa League winning in Milan and stuff like that but if they're going to win the league title and that clearly is their priority whereas I would say PSG's priority is to win the Champions League and I, I think that's yeah I think that's significant anyway Robbie I'll go to you yep. first um, again after the fixtures yeah I'm going to go through the fixtures first though okay. uh, Nantes at home this weekend Leon away Lille at home Strasbourg away, resurgent Strasbourg away. Um, Saint-Étienne at home, Metz away, Lens at home, Rennes away, Reims at home, Brest away. Okay, I don't know how I should approach this. I, I, I have Paris Saint-Germain losing, Th- 30 I have points, Paris Saint-Germain yeah, losing <laughs> one match. No, they're losing one. Um, I have them beating Reims 6-0. Uh, but they will lose one match, but they are going to win the league by one point. Which match are they going to lose? They're going to lose to Wren, because they often do. But otherwise, they're going to they're they're going to show Lyon and Lille that they are the champions of France for a reason, and they're going to win both those matches. And that's where this one will be decided. So you're talking with your heart or with your head, Rob? Head always with the head. <laughs> I have no heart. <laughs> um, Dave, are you are you as confident? As Robert, I've got Paris Saint Germain only getting four points out of their next three games. They're going to beat Nantes, but they're going to lose at Lyon again, and they're going to draw at home to Lille. But after that, I think they're going to go on a, an amazing run of form. I also have them dropping points at Rennes, by the way, but mm-hmm. a, a draw rather than a defeat. But I do think they're just going to nick this title on the last day of the season in a great conclusion to the season when they go to Brest and win comfortably. And I also have them winning by a point, actually, and getting 23 points from their last 10. Uh, me too. Exactly the same, Dave, you see. But different order. I'll announce my, uh, <laughs> my results at, at the end. But no, um, Marseille, 83, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, 83 points. Yeah. And Lille, 82. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, can I just um, take issue? I, I think Lyon will beat Paris Saint-Germain at the Group Armour. That's I th- what I said, I, Dave. Oh, yeah. you did say that. Okay. <laughs> So, and yet they will still win win the league. Well, we'll see. I mean, because, you know, if they lose at the Group Armour, they're then at home to Lille and obviously under a bit of pressure. And, you know, I made the point of resurgent Strasbourg. Yes, PSG should beat Strasbourg. But, you know, the, 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 these games always spring, spring surprises. And maybe it wouldn't be such a surprise because Strasbourg were really good against Lille and Lille were lucky to get a draw. Then they beat Monaco last weekend. So they're, they're suddenly coming into form. Maybe, you know, in, in, in a month's time, they won't be 
in such good form. But you look at the teams they're playing, you know, you've got Lens and Metz who are going to be fighting for Europe. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, easy matches. And, well, Robbie, you're, you're, are Lens you're, and Metz really going to be fighting for Europe in, the, in, in, a, in a month and a half? I think yeah. they will, yeah. Why, who's going to surge above them? Marseille? Mm, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, fair no, enough. No, I mean, you know, they're, they're two very, very well-run clubs and, and, and strong teams. And PSG, hopefully, will have, you know, maybe Champions League semi-final to be, mm. be organising and, and what have you. Um, we haven't really talked about the team. I mean, Pochettino, is he, is he managing to get more? I mean, certainly Thomas Tuchel's doing well at Chelsea. Um, <laughs> Dave, Poch, positive so far? Uh, generally yes but I think he's been it's been a, a make do and mend type season at Paris Saint-Germain that so rare that they've had a, a full squad available to choose from and in recent weeks missing their most creative players and then just when you think they're starting to get everyone back together Moise Keane goes down with Covid and so the options have been restricted we've highlighted their problems when it's come to well, central defence and midfield throughout the season, They're, those problems aren't going away. Uh, but I do think just with those talented individuals and the number of clean sheets that they're keeping, because I think it's 18 clean mm-hmm. sheets now yeah. in the league, that they're not going to be losing as many games as they did in the first bit of the season. And they are just going to show that they've got a bit more than the others. Right, just to, just to talk about Wednesday night, are there any um, any nerves you've detected uh, over the weekend in the, in the PSG camp ahead of Barcelona? No, no, I think I think the the PSG camp has turned the corner after that final eight. I've said it before on, on the podcast, but there is a there is a belief that having overcome Dortmund coming from behind to win that last sixteen match last season, then doing the same in the final eight, going all the way to the final, even immediately after the final. Like in the in the stadium still against Bayern, you could feel that this was no longer the same Paris Saint-Germain. Honestly, you could feel it. And the players said it and could feel it as well, even though they were bitterly disappointed after Bayern. You could already see the positives. And that it was a very strange feeling to be that disappointed, but already looking forward to the next Champions League campaign, knowing... All the all the fears and all the talk and none of that was going to have the same effect on the club and on the players as previous seasons. Really, I, I, so I just, I just I, can't see the remontada happening on Wednesday. What, Dave, what if, I, know, what, I know Robbie and myself were both there for the mm-hmm. last remontada, and with the the hundred thousand people in the stadium putting pressure on the referee, with Paris Saint Germain sitting ever deeper, you thought even at five one, Paris Saint Germain were going through, but yeah. you just knew that six goal was going to go in. I can't see how those conditions can be recreated on Wednesday. And I think Paris Saint-Germain have learned a lot from their past European campaigns and they should go through comfortably. Marco Verratti said last week uh, to PSG TV, you always, every footballer will tell you, you have to learn from losing. You have to learn from the difficult moments. But well, they've certainly so had you a few, can say that, few exactly. of them to learn from. Well, you they? can say that all you like. Now's the time. You have to show that on the football pitch. Fingers I, think crossed. I think they have. Fingers crossed they're professional and they, and they play well and they, and they see off Barcelona. I, just, uh, I was there at the Parc des Princes when they lost to a second string Man United and I wonder if Navas drops a clangor in the first 10 minutes. We get, get a few nerves. I was there at Manchester City. I was there at Chelsea. <laughs> I was there in Barcelona. I was at the Rob. park against Manchester United. I've been there. I, yeah. I was sitting next to you. Yeah, yeah you, exactly. uh, you, you, you went white for most of the second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, no, let's I was let's also there. In, Come on, they, they were brilliant in the new camp. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got rid of that kind of um, bottling tag, and and they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a real go this season. The, I the think. thing for me, what Pochettino has done is this change of formation to play with two number sixes, which was never Thomas Tuchel's thing. Sometimes when he played with two number sixes, one was always that hybrid Marquinhos move. Now we really have a Paredes or a, or and a Gay who sit there in front, Verratti playing higher up the pitch. We've, been, we've seen Julian Draxler has come on. Rafinha is there. Neymar has been injured. He, he might be back. Di Maria has just returned. There are too many positives. And this, this playing with two number sixes gives Paris Saint-Germain, you mentioned the, the central defence, Kimpembe alongside Marquinhos. That's solid. Two number sixes. It's solid. Florenzi is a very good uh, defensive, well, I think more of a defensive than a Tom Meunier right back, even though he's good going forward. Not very fast, though, is he? No, he's not very fast, but he's, he's a very clever, very clever footballer. Um, 
he has that Italian tactical tradition that you, that you want from your defenders. And they're all over. They're more solid, and they have those those four attacking elements that can make things happen. Verratti is is a new player under Pochettino. Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe he needed a bit of a a kick yeah. up the backside, a slightly different but role. His pressing game. I mean, he's running himself yeah. into the ground in matches. I mean, it's it's impressive. Well, let's get back onto the title race, and we'll look at. Th- Third. Throw us into the quarterfinals of the Champions League, just oh, to make be, that clear. That would be good for everybody involved in Le Bourgeois. And just to be clear, it's not just Robbie backing PSG. We're all backing Paris Saint-Germain. We like to wind Robbie up a little bit. But um, title race, Lyon third at the moment. They had a really strange game on Wednesday night. They were awful in the first half against Rennes. Um, but they did wake up a bit. Usamawa came on in the second half and helped. He ultimately got got the goal after some some great work from Memphis Depay. Um, Dave, I'll throw it to you. Just first of all, though, Leon's uh, fixtures. So they're, they're three points off the top at the moment, one point behind PSG in second. Um, they go to Rouse this weekend, then PSG at home, Lens away, Angers at home, Nantes away, Lille at home, Monaco away, Lorient at home, Nîmes away, Nice at home. So some really big games in there. Dave, Leon. First title since 2008. They're going to be very, very close, but it's hardly a big reveal now, given that I've said that Paris Saint-Germain are going to be champions, but they're going to come up just short. I think they're going to be in a battle with Lille for second place on goal difference on 82 points. Um, We remember that first game between Lyon and Monaco, and Monaco was so naive. They let Lyon have basically 70 metres to run into time and time again and got destroyed. But Monaco have shown that they've changed. They proved that at the Parc de Prince, And they're just not going to play the same way against Lyon when they meet uh, this time around. And So I've got Monaco beating uh, Lyon at Stade Louis II. Um, here's another little French concept. We know we like to introduce French vocabulary to Le Beaujeu. I've got Lens as the arbitre in this title race, like the referees of the title race, because I think... Um, they're going to pick up points against some of the four clubs who are going for the title. And I've got Lens getting a draw uh, against Lyon, who I've loved watching this season. I really enjoy the attacking trio. Aoua is just a beautiful player to watch. Paqueta has uh, overturned my initial scepticism of him. He'll, but, be, he'll be pleased about that, day. Yeah, I know he's a regular <laughs> listener. Um, yeah, I think they were so bad in that first hour against Rennes. And there is a vulnerability to them. And I'm just not convinced that they're going to do it. I, I said last week they might finish fourth. I've now gone through my master calculations and predicted every result. They're not. They're going to finish second or third. Ooh. Oh, is that on goal difference? Yeah. Very good. Dave Dave, Dave is a glass half empty man, I have to say. Oh, no. I have to say. <laughs> you, you look at the REM performance, you think they were so bad in the first 60 minutes. You could, you could also look at it and think... Yeah, they had eight chances. They kept and solid and, uh, and they absolutely hammered, battered down the REM door in the last half an hour and they were pretty much always going to score, weren't they? Um, but yeah, and, and one thing that we haven't yet said that we didn't say about PSG... Um, in the conference, you know, and I think this is important in the head-to-heads between the two, and we've got a lot of head-to-heads to come. Mm-hmm. PSG, it's one point from twelve so far. They've lost twice to Monaco. Change. They've lost to Lyon. They've taken a point against Lille. Now, for me, that is not a team that that is going to win the league, and I think it's going to be played out. It's not going to be played out between Lille and and Lyon, but Lille and Lyon are the two teams I think that have got the best chance to win the league. Um, and I do fancy Lyon to beat to beat Paris Saint Germain. I also share some of Dave's concerns that can they be up for it at home against Angers, um, at home against Lorient. They're the sort of games where where Lyon could slip up. We've seen them lose at home against Mets. Um, and yeah, that, that would be my concern. But Rudy Garcia has been there. He's done that. He's won a league title. Um, Lyon have this great history. Janino knows all about title races. Um, and they've got players who are, who are hungry and perhaps hungrier than the Paris Saint-Germain players. Robbie. Yes. Leon. Um, okay, I have to I have to come clean at this point regarding my predictions, which was my initial idea of, of going through this was to have all four teams finish on the same points. Um, that was very difficult to actually make happen. So I have to admit that my my results were in hoping that I'd get all four teams. You'd make as a great scientist, Robbie. So <laughs> let's start with the result that we want exactly. and work out how work, to get work there. back. Yeah, I could work for a, a big pharmaceutical company. They um. So I actually have 
Leon, who were very close to matching and finishing top of the table with Paris Saint-Germain and losing the title on goal difference, but for a 93rd-minute goal conceded at home to Nice in the final game of the season, scored by a returning Dante in his first match of the season, coming back, well, since knee injury, and uh, costing Leon their, their chance at the title, in so doing, missing out on second place because Lille are just a point behind. So um, heartbreak for Leon, and I don't know how they'll bounce back next season, but they finish third just. You're listening and hopefully <laughs> understanding Robbie Thompson on Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast in association with BT Sport. We've got a big competition prize coming up for you in just a few moments. Do bear with us. We're going to talk about Monaco first, the other title contender. Um, they were looking very, very serious title contenders. Then they slipped up on Wednesday night against Strasbourg, conceded a, a late goal and uh, after a run of nine wins and a draw from 10 games, they suffered a defeat. So they are now seven points behind Lille. They are four points behind third place Lyon. Um, these are their fixtures, guys. Home against Lille this weekend. Um, you would assume they'd have to win that if they're going to come into the title race. Uh, Saint-Etienne away, Metz at home, Dijon at home, Bordeaux away, Angers away, Lyon at home, Reims away, Rennes at home. Lance away. It's not a bad run, in, is no, it? No, no, and they're dark horses. They can, they can do it. There's no pressure on them now after, well, no pressure. Uh, There's no, seven there, there is down. no pressure. If they can finish in the top three, that's already exactly. a huge yep. achievement. And I think they could just about do it with that no pressure off. I have them drawing with Lille. So that's title gone and then really flying home with, with all wins. Pressure off. Um, defeating Leon in their, in their game, four games from the end. Um, yeah. They're a side that can do it. Kovac is a clever coach. They're with the pressure that will, off them. That will be the thing that sets them on their way. They will fall just short of the title. It's been a brilliant turnaround. We talked a lot about the work Niko Kovac has been doing uh, in the previous pod. Um, Dave, I'm guessing that given that you've given the title to Lille, I'm uh, guessing you're... I'm giving it to PSG. Oh, you're giving it to PSG. I am, yeah. I am listening, sorry. Given that you've given <laughs> it to, to PSG, I assume you're, you're, you're not backing Monaco to go all the way. No, I'm backing them to finish fourth, but with a huge points tally, a bit like Rudy Garcia's Marseille from 2018. I've got them beating Lille and Lyon at Stade Louis II, but I've got them dropping points in games where they probably shouldn't. Um, and Lens, on the last day of the season, away, I think that's ultimately where their hopes of Champions League football are going to fall away as uh, Franck Eze's Lens seal fifth place in the table and get their European spot. Well, I know everybody's waiting to to hear what I've predicted because um, yeah, you've been you've been Robbie uh, and Dave have put conspicuously silent, Matt. They've put their cards on the table, copying quite, our homework. I quite think. early doors. No, I I did suggest when I talked about Lille that you know I feel that they've just got something the other teams don't have this kind of this uh, inner kind of belief that they are going to do it, and I feel that they've had that for a while. I remember commentating their game just before Christmas against Montpellier. They were 1-0 up, I think, and it was such a tough game. Montpellier playing well at the time. Last minute, Montpellier get a free kick. Menon pushes it against the inside of the post. And the celebrations at the end were the celebrations of a team that really believed they they could do something special. And pretty much every time they're getting a result now, often late on, they're, they're celebrating wildly. And given that they haven't got Europe. So I, I, I think Lille are going to win the league. I really do. I think Lille are going to win the league. And this is my top four. Robbie, mm-hmm. you sitting down? Lille top. Leon second. Monaco third. And PSG fourth. But, Robbie, before you come in, <laughs> no, no. PSG are going to win the Champions League and France are going to have four teams in next season's Champions League. And there's going to be a new TV rights deal and... Uh, and the world in, in Liga is going to be absolutely sensational. Um, but I do think Lille would be worthy title winners. Obviously, they've got to do it still in the next 10 games. Player of the season. because I'm, I'm glad I got I'm... in early saying that my predictions were just a little bit of a, a joke before you got to say yours, <laughs> No, but I, I think even if we don't agree on the order, what we're all agreeing is that this title race is going down to the last day and that there were going to be three or four potential champions. So that's going to be the, the, the best football you can watch ever. No, it's going to be exciting. And I found it really hard, actually, to decide on a player of the season because Lille are a very sort of homogenous, not just 11, but even sort of 16 players. They've got guys like Yusuf Yazidji, who's not 
maybe uh, you know in the first choice 11 but who is you know on his day brilliant and has scored a lot of important goals um i want i'd love to give this player of the season to memphis depay who's just been phenomenal this season but i think if leon are, are just pipped i would have to give it to a Lille player and despite your benjamin andre mm-hmm. um admiration which i which i go along with i think it would have to be jose font particularly when he gets the winner uh, with that header at, at, against psg in the in the last couple of minutes and what a story a 37 year old who we thought was washed up having gone to china and decided to come to france at the age of 35 but he's he's been brilliant he's been a phenomenal leader so Lille champions jose font player of the season and I'm adding in PSG Champions League winners just to keep Robbie happy. Um, okay, very Dave, good. Dave, Dave, <laughs> top, top four and player of the season? Top four, Paris Saint-Germain, 83, Lyon, 82, ahead of Lille on goal difference, and Monaco, fourth. So I guess that means I'm going to have to pick a Paris Saint-Germain player as player of the season, which is not something well, I particularly hey, well, wanted to do. This because... it's, it's going to be Kylian Mbappe. Okay. Player of the year is going to be Kylian Mbappe. That's all right. Goals. But there are... Great cases to be made for others, including Memphis Depay. If Lille win the title, I agree with you, Matt. Uh, it has to be Jose Font. I was so much admiration for him. Um, Depay has inspired Lyon. He's been a, a wonderful captain for them, actually. And who, who would have thought that when he was picked out as being this real individualist? But I, I think he's been terrific for I them. think that was always unfair, actually, the tag that he had as a kind of flashy... In a, yeah. Anyway, well, but people mix up, mix things up. It doesn't matter if he's flashy or if he, what his personality yeah, I think is he's like. Always he's an been, incredible footballer. I've spoken and, to and people who with that will yeah. to win. Yeah. People yeah. who followed him at, at Man United and it, at Man United, it didn't, it wasn't, didn't work out brilliantly. But a, he was a good trainer and a professional, and mm. you know, he never caused problems. So, Absolutely, yeah. So I think it's a reputation that's a bit unfounded. But just, you know, how many goals is Mbappe going to get? Yeah, uh, let's say he'll add an, another ten between now and the end of the season. So that'd be twenty-eight. He's not mm-hmm. going to get thirty-three this year. Okay. That's what that's what I was wondering because that's a yeah I can't see him doing maybe as well as two years ago. But if we if we're going for player of the year, who who's voting for player of the year? Is it us or is it the other players? Are we predicting what the other no, players going to vote? Because uh, if it's the other players, I think you're complicating it too much. Just you telling us who you think your player of the season is. Okay, okay. Because if it's the other players and coaches that are voting, it's Neymar again because Neymar is the best player in Ligue 1. So that's just so on a purely Pure, pure vote from the players. <laughs> Rob, who's the your players. player of the My season? player of the year um, will be Marco Verratti. There you go. Okay. And Paris will win the league. And I have a question about finishing fifth. Fifth place is, means that one of the top four are going to win Coupe de France? For fifth place to be... The, there's the, the new European is structure next year, isn't okay. there? There's, the, there's an extra place. Yeah, there's Europa Conference League. Don't don't ask me for all the details. Okay, fifth place, Rob. Do you want to go? Who's going to finish fifth, fifth? place? Montpellier or Marseille? Not Lance, not Miss. Marseille. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Saint-Pauli's magic. They do have a game in hand still. Uh, <laughs> Dave. Uh, Lance fifth for me. Yeah. Uh, they've been terrific. And Kakuta, Fafana, Franquez, the the defence, uh, unsung heroes like Satoka, who got another couple of goals in mm. midweek last week. Yeah, no one would have thought he was a league and player. He played but... four minutes of league and before yeah. this season. Yeah, I think Nice are going to finish strongly. I'm just looking at the table; they've left themselves a bit too much to do. Probably they're six points behind Mets, but um, yeah, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Lance. I'll agree with um, with David for once. I, I, I like Lance. I like the way you know. I really I thought you'd really gone was... with Montpellier there, Matt. But there we go. Well, I like Montpellier mm. as well. Steffi Mavadidi, our Englishman, doing doing the business, doing very well. Um, but no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Lance because they've really surprised me this season, and and they're a proper good footballing side and a fair play to them. Out of the Coupe de France, don't have to focus on that. Now, the moment a lot of people have been waiting for. There was a hugely difficult competition. You know, usually the déjà vu is is quite tricky, um, but producer Ian Holyman has has come up with a really really tough one, and it was good because it got our 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 lovely loyal listeners working. Uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, Here are the clues. You have to guess who we're talking about in order to win a Timothy Weir Lille shirt. Potential Champions League, not Champions League winner, League 1 winner shirt, according to me. There were three clues, and you had to say which player we're we're, we're talking about. So you need to come up with three players, um, all related to Timothy Weir um, in a footballing sense. We played against each other this season but were once clubmates in a city that is so good they named it twice. 
Tricky one. Um, a lot of people sent in Matt Miazga as an answer, the American defender who is uh, Anderlecht. But as Ian Holyman points out, Timothy Weir didn't play in that preseason friendly between Lille and Anderlecht. However, he did play in the league against Montpellier this season. And playing for Montpellier was Ambroise Oyongo, the Cameroonian who played at uh, New York Red Bulls, hence the link. Um, clue number two. Once a PSG Youth Academy player, I shot myself in the foot for my career in France, but I've since found the right sort of target. Quite a few of you got that. You got the link with the um, bizarre story um, that this player had during his time at Toulouse when uh, he was caught with Mathieu Caffaro and an air rifle. Um, We're talking about Odson Edouard, the French youth international Striker banging in the goals at Celtic and um, was at the academy at PSG with Timothy Weir. Uh, Final one. I played under our PSG boss twice and previously had keen interest in ceramics. So our PSG boss was obviously Thomas Tuchel because that was Timothy Weir's PSG coach. The answer, Eric Maxim Chupo Moting. Yes, Chupo played under Tuchel at PSG and at Mainz. And he played for Stoke. That's the link to ceramics. Stoke, the potters from the, the potteries. Gosh, Ian, you have a, a warped imagination. Um, now, two people, two people got the correct answer. Um, William Burrus from Kansas City studied in Lyon and uh, he's an OL fan, but he's also been watching the Lille matches this season because of Weir. Um, William got it right, as did Jake Smales. Jake, I'm really sorry. William, I'm re- it's harsh for you, but William got in first. You're the only two to have got all three answers right. William Burris from Kansas City. Congratulations. You've got a Timothy Weir shirt. Jake Smales, you've got a lot of kudos. Well done. It's impressive. You've got all three. Um, if William, if you could just drop us uh, an email to league1podcast at gmail.com with your postal address and we will get that Timothy Weir shirt to you. Um Congratulations. Another, yeah, congratulations. That I was impossible. I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got that. I didn't know who the Potters were. No, the Potters, <laughs> I, I assumed that the player genuinely had an interest in ceramics, but apparently not. And I also didn't He's really know. He's a good know, skateboarder, Chupo. I had to ask Dave what city was so good they named it twice, and he, he started singing Frank Sinatra yeah, to me. Exactly. But it's in the state of New York. That's why I know. New York, New York. Anyway, congratulations. Another competition. Um... Or should we read out Richard Pike's email first? Yeah, we got an email from Richard Pike in Northwest England. Who do you think with 10 games to go will win the league? Sorry, I didn't need to. I should have maybe read that out <laughs> at the beginning of the pod. Sorry, Richard, we, we've answered that. But it brings me nicely onto the competition, um, which is a question for you, our listeners. We've made our predictions. We want yours. So stick your necks out. Risk looking as silly as Matt. Don't worry about do. injuries, suspensions, coaching changes, nothing. Just go for it. Send in your top four. Points tallies um, as well. Send in um, your predictions to league1podcast at gmail.com and uh, whoever gets closest will receive a shirt of the winning team. So uh, another fantastic prize um, for you. Thanks to our friends um, at uh, at the LFP. Now, before we go, we're going to look ahead to the weekend's fixtures and we're going to talk about Ren very quickly. We had an email from our friend uh, whose nickname, of course, is Frenchie in Detroit. Thank you, Frenchie. He says, I do think Bruno Genesio's choice is a good one as new coach. It's in accordance uh, with their growing stature in France. He has the potential to take Rennes even further up as he showed his coaching qualities with Lyon. Before I put this to you, Guy, your, your, your thoughts. I'm going to have a little coup de girl because we haven't had a coup de girl for quite a few weeks. It's a rant. Um, it's French for... For, for for rant really mm. good girl so um here Getting we go it's me i'm gonna it i'm gonna get something off my chest oh yeah frenchie i'm not gonna agree with you i'm afraid i've got nothing against bruno genesio i think yes he did a steady job at leon i think he's a good man i think he knows um he knows coaching he knows how to manage um a league on team but it's something i've touched on through the months through the years French clubs have got to look for. They've got to look for innovative, modern managers. We have to stop this recycling of old coaches. And I don't mean old in terms of his age, but, you know, he has been around 
for a long time, admittedly mainly at Lyon. So Bruno Genesio perhaps will find sort of new lease of life, new ideas. And he's teaming up with Florian Maurice, who's um, the former sporting director at, uh, at Lyon or the former head of recruitment at Lyon, who's now um, sporting director at uh, Rennes. Um, it, it might work out, but I just think you need, you need imagination. You've got the whole world to choose from. There are some great aspiring young coaches and that's my coup de girl. No, let's stop. Stop Bruno Genesio. Let's not get Roland Corbis or Ellie Boat back. Let's get some new guys. Um, and, and let's take, yeah, let's take Lee Gown into a new dimension with us. Dave, do you agree with me or do you agree with Frenchy? Right. Christian Gorkouf and Raymond Dominic were free as well. Um, no. Where's I, René Girard? Is he still at Paris FC? Yeah. In the second division? Yeah. No, I, I partially agree with you, Matt, because it, it's um, a departure for Ren. Having appointed Sabri Lamouchi and then Julian Stefan, they were definitely going down a different route. So you're going away from the, the hottest young coaching property in France, more or less in all of Europe, to yeah, someone who you described as steady. I, I personally enjoyed Genesio's Lyon teams. I thought he did as well with them as it was possible to do. Um, I don't. I don't. I think Leon underachieved. I think they they were steady, but they had a team to push for the title. They shouldn't have been thirty points behind PSG every season. Anyway, carry on. Right, since then, he's been to China and obviously wanted a, a return to the French game. It's it's the safe option, isn't it? It's not an exciting option, but it's a safe option. And Florian Maurice, as you said, knows him well. Um, it's just a pity that Stefan felt that he'd taken Ren as far as he could go. I'd have liked to have seen him try to effect another turnaround because even in his, what, two and two years and three months in charge, he'd gone through those bad spells before yeah, and always yeah. come off the back of them uh, even better. So, yeah, a bit of a shame that he's gone. Uh, let's, I, I'm going to say wait and see. I'm just going to sit on the fence for this one for once. Uh, who, who, could, who was another option then, Matt? Who, if you're thinking Jocelyn of Gorvenek was the other one that was put Gorvenek, forward. Gorvenek, yeah, who's a former Wren, Abby, Wren man. Abby Bay? Well, Habib Bay has no experience, and you're talking a, a side with a... Patrick Vieira? Uh, but that was going to be my point. Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, they haven't succeeded yet. We need... Do you need to have a... a Eddie Howe? I don't know. Think out, uh-huh. think out of the box. Yeah, I mean, Frank Ez is doing a, a, a good job, but in, in terms of unknown... France is not an easy place to, to come in. The Monaco we saw with Moreno, uh, Saint-Étienne had Garcia... And, 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 you know, young, innovative coaches, and it didn't stick. You've got a... France is not an easy place to come and, come and coach. There are entrenched mentalities the, that, that have to evolve, that will have to evolve for the, for the good of the game to, to modernise, but it's not that easy. Hmm. Okay. All right, you guys, yeah, a bit, bit well, more. I think it's, it's easier in a way to come up through the structure. If you're already part of the club, part of the fabric, as Franquez was, and, as well, Julian, Julian Stefan was. Absolutely. His then, dad won the World Cup with Because with a, a, lot of, a lot of French club boards, they don't like the idea of an entirely new staff coming in. They've got mm. people who are already on contracts. So often they're looking for a, a coach who comes in on his own or maybe with one assistant coach and they try and keep the rest of the people in place. And... I, I think that makes it very hard for a new man. And I'm, I'm talking generally here rather than the, the Rennes-specific situation. But Nantes have a superb hat-trick of, of these types of yeah, coaches look, this Nantes, season, Yeah, they? but Nantes, I mean, Nantes are a Gorkouf, club, Nantes Dominic, are a club that are in, are in big trouble. I, you know, I've been looking at Rennes as this sort of exciting, dynamic team that, you know, are threatening to fulfil the potential that we've talked about for 20, 30 years. And uh, I feel it's just a very sort of conservative appointment. But Is this the time to take risks, though? When you're in the middle of the global pandemic that everyone's losing money has been very difficult, you need to just steady ships. There's a lot of ship steadying going yeah, on in, you did, all you did, over Europe at the you moment. You did warn Nice not to sack Vieira. Didn't yeah, go very well exactly. for, for them. Listen, let's, um, let's look ahead to the weekend. Lots of exciting matches and uh, big matches in the title race. It's time to, uh, to go on a bon voyage. So round 29 of the season, as David Crossan has said, the uh, sprint finale is definitely starting this weekend. Some um, some terrific matches. We should hopefully see Jorge Sampaoli on the uh, Marseille bench against Brest. 1,700 uh, hours on Saturday. You can watch that on BT Sport in the UK um, at four o'clock in the afternoon. A couple of other big matches. Monaco-Lille, huge game at the top. 
That's at five past five in the afternoon on Sunday. Watch it on BT Sport in the UK on uh, at five past four. And the evening game, eight o'clock in the UK, nine o'clock in France, Paris Saint-Germain versus Nantes. Um, Robbie, mm-hmm. what do you fancy? Short uh, trip short trip to the park or something more adventurous? No, well, yes, short. Uh, no, I'm not going to make it because Sunday morning I'm heading down south for the the Crocodiles versus Montpellier, the derby down there. And um, I'm not going to say I like Nîmes a lot. If I predict Montpellier to finish fifth, they're going to start winning. Their, things are going to come together for them um, and start clicking again. And their veteran coach, Michel Dezakarian, who's going to prove a couple of people wrong and, and, and take Montpellier to a, to a flying finish. But for Nîmes, I think this season it has been very, very difficult. And I, I'd love to see them stay in the top flight, but I think it's going to be very, a very difficult end of the season for Nîmes. A big game, that, isn't it? It's a big local rivalry between Nîmes and Montpellier. Renault Ripper got the only goal of the contest in the first game and he's been doing he's been doing well almost single-handedly sort of keeping them mm. uh, just about afloat and in with a chance of survival David it's got to be Monaco Lille hasn't it Matt and I, as I said in the predictions if Lille win this game then I'm ripping up all of my predictions and they're going to be <laughs> champions instead I don't think they will win this but over to you Christophe Galtier and your players prove me wrong okay that one's going to fit. I'm yeah I'm going to do I dare go to Lorient Nice for William Saliba watch? Um, <laughs> You're obsessed. <laughs> I'm a bit obsessed. You know what? I, I was impressed as well by uh, by Lorient's English defender. I'm a bit ex- obsessed with Ligue 1's Englishman, but Trevor Chalaba is looking good. He's played in midfield and mm-hmm. played in central defence. So, you know, why not? It's lovely out in Brittany this time of year in, uh, in, in, in springtime. And um, in these difficult times of COVID, I do like to get, you know, a bit of, bit of sea air. So, yeah, look, Laurie on Nice, and that will give me the chance to to get back to my hotel room or, or well, I was going to say a bar, not a bar, but I'll be able to watch Monaco Lille because that will finish in time. So, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, maybe I'll watch it on my phone sitting on, on a beach in Brittany. I can actually get back from Nîmes on a, on a very That's what I was saying. So you've got eight hours be between yeah, yeah. Sorry, your one yeah, o'clock kickoff. You, so you, you could do two games on the Sunday. Yeah, Paris not. It's been a lot of fun, guys. Robbie Thompson, David Cross, and thank you ever so much for uh, for joining me. And uh, we'll be back, of course, next week with uh, another edition of Le Bourgeois. Do send us your uh, competition uh, entries, your predictions for the top four League One. Need all the results. League One okay. podcast at gmail.com. No, you don't have yeah, to do yeah, all the yeah, results. Yeah, yeah, no. Come on. Just give us... No, because... Extra oh, points. All the results. People are going to spend hours doing that. No, the top four and the uh, and the points. That that yeah. would be brilliant. Thank you so much. We'll be back again very soon. All the best. Bye bye. See you, everyone. Bye bye. The first touch is good. The second is deadly. Neymar still. Oh my word! What a goal! Golovin. Lovely finish. Must be the opening goal. Benedetto and Bagnol. Fantastic. Outrageous goal from Gael Kakuta. Oh, Benyera, beautifully done, sensational.